It's called wokeness, and it's a plague. A plague that places tyranny before freedom, criminality over virtue, and hate over love. It's a plague that threatens what millions have died for. Victory at all costs. Victory in spite of all terror. Victory however long and hard the road may be. We will fight it. We will defeat it. We will eradicate it. Ladies and gentlemen, introducing the least woke man in America. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode. I am the least woke man in America. Proudly the least woke man in America. There's no, oh my God, what are people going to think if I'm not woke? Will they think I'm racist? Uh, looking over my shoulder. You know what I see like people who are always, and you see a lot of this in this country now, by the way, a lot over the last five, six years, they look over their shoulder. And I know people don't that, you know, a little bit in the past, but it's out of control now. I see communist China, I see the Soviet Union, I see North Korea. I don't see America. I don't see America when I see, especially when it's good people who aren't racist, who are good people, and because of left-wing bullies, they're in perpetual bunny rabbit mode. Well, we don't do bunny rabbit mode here. This is raw, unabashed truth. Um, if you can't handle it, go somewhere else. But this is the least woke man in America podcast. Thank you. So here we are. This is a podcast I've wanted to do for a while. It's weighed heavily on me because I think it's so true. And that is, we need to think about what the Ukrainians have done for the world. Now, um, I'm not saying everything has gone perfect over there or that Ukrainians are perfect. But we have to think about what would have happened if back on February 24th, when the war started... If the Ukrainians had laid down and died like the Afghanis did and let the Russians win, say, in two or three days like they planned, what a different world we would live in right now. Think about that. You can know for sure with Putin's personality and Putin's ego, the Russians would be in Moldova right now. And Moldova is kind of a rough country. It's a poor country. I understand all that. But because of that, uh, the Baltic countries, Poland, Hungary, Bulgaria, Romania, they'd be going crazy right now. They'd be terrified. We'd be right on the verge of a major war between all of Western Europe, the NATO countries essentially, U.S., Canada, and Western Europe, and Russia, and some of Russia's allies. It would be a disaster. It would embolden China. And I really believe this. I really believe that if that took place, if um, Russia came in, beat Ukraine in three days, it would make look, Russia look so strong and it would make the Western countries look so weak and feckless. I really think that would embolden um, terrorist groups, drug cartels, mafias around the world because it would just make the wealthiest, most powerful, supposedly wealthiest, most powerful world, countries in the world look so weak and that emboldens um, people like that. It's great. Remember middle school, how the worst kid in the class when the substitute teacher just out of control, you know, had no fear whatsoever, um, that type of thing. And so I really believe the Ukrainians have done us an incredible service uh, here. And I know some people on the right, very few, um, you know, are the Tucker school mind. And Tucker's not completely wrong about some things, but I, I'm going to talk about the Tucker list, as I call it, 
in a little bit. But for, for the meantime, we have to appreciate what they have done here so far. And I emphasize so far because what I do with this situation when it comes to Ukraine, first of all, I don't watch anybody from the Biden administration. After the Afghanistan debacle, do you think I, I the, the Ukraine-Russian war, do you think I care what Jake Sullivan has to say about the war between Russia and Ukraine? So I watch on YouTube, uh, the analysts from generals, especially, even if it's CNN, I don't care about the station because I hear one here, the substance of what they have to say. And a lot of them conclude this is far from over with. And it's in a dangerous situation because the uh, most of the war is now shifting to the east where the U Russians have a much bigger army than the Ukrainians. And they could circle the, around the Ukrainians if the Russians actually start to fight the way we think of Russians fighting, even though that's been exaggerated big time. I've heard generals and intelligence people say for years that our view of the Russian army is so over-exaggerated because of Hollywood. So, But it, say the Russians do fight like a real army. If they ever surround the Ukrainians out east, the Ukrainians can't get back to Kiev if they need to retreat, then we could have a disaster on our hands. Then the Russians could actually end up taking Kiev. So the point is, this is far from over with. In my, in my opinion really doesn't matter. I don't pretend to be an expert, but the people who really do what they're talking about, this is still a dangerous situation. Um, as far as the resources, the Ukraine is the breadbasket of Europe. Russia is a massive wheat producer. Most Both countries are dysfunctional right now. Both are big fertilizer producers. So there is just food and inflation repercussions as if inflation is not tough enough already that are still going to come from this. But in the meantime... It's so important to think about the, what the Ukrainians have done. But just because before this started, Putin was trying to strategically to cozy up to China and this kind of two tough guys coming together to control the world and, you know, kind of put their middle finger up at the Western countries, etc. And people weren't sure where that was going. I, I told a buddy of mine, now it reminds me of, you know, China is like the high school girl that goes get the bad boy boyfriend so her parents and everybody could see it and think she's, so, you know, to stand up to them and blah, blah, blah. And then she goes to a party and he's making out with somebody else and gets mad and calls her fat and she's crying and she runs back to her family. That's why I think of China. They're cozying up to Putin, goes to Ukraine, embarrasses himself. Now that he's the big tough guy, now they've come call him back, obviously, everybody else because they do need us as much as we do them need them excuse me that's the dirty little secret so but also what's going on here this embodies what the way the real world works and i mentioned on a previous podcast i was irritated you know a lot of people about bill maher a lot of people when he says something pro right everybody says yeah like he's on our side well it kind of irritated me on one of his shows during the monologue he says well you know when, when it you know, when the first week or two, when Zelensky looked like a tough guy and they're really standing up to the Russians, uh, you, uh, he said, who knew people do love masculinity, they do love courage, they do love standing up in problems, and when there is evil in the world. And I'm like, pump the brakes here for a second, pal. All right. He was a classic liberal over the last 20 years when the defense bills were passed and signed mainly by Republicans, that developed and paid for all the javelins, all the missiles, all the everything we're sending over there, then little smart-ass remarks about, you know, it, conservatives don't care about kids and single mothers and don't care about education. All they do is love tanks and killing people and uh, yada, yada, yada. Um, all these little digs. Now all of a sudden everybody loves Ukraine, wants Ukraine to win. All these thousands, not hundreds, thousands of pieces of equipment, thousands of missiles are being sent over there, and everybody just loves it. I'm like, 
okay. Live in your little world. We all know. Those of us living on planet Earth know the real story. So, um, but this embodies the world that we live in and we have always lived in. And we have always been so fortunate in this country to be protected from it. Uh, just Google Belt and Road Initiative to see what China is doing with all these countries that build this massive road and trade route through the East, through Europe, through uh, shipping routes and an actual physical road. They're not talking about doing it. They're actually doing it. Can you imagine trying to do something like this the country? Just dragging environmentalists and permits and unions and you name it um, to try to get anything done. Uh, that's what kills me about John Kerry. You know, it just kills me, John Kerry, and these these climate nuts. They um, those fly in fly in on a huge jet to these third world countries in an eight hundred dollar suit. Only a Massachusetts liberal could pull this off and really sit down with someone who probably didn't even grow up with indoor electric and plumbing. Uh, lives in sweltering heat, no air conditioning. You know, they don't even have air conditioning in a lot of the parts, of the hot parts of the world. There's, in India, there's farmers who die in the fields because of the heat. And then we fly over there, John Serious Face Carey, and really, it's really time to talk to them about carbon emissions. <laughs> now, I am a white conservative male, so my brain doesn't do empathy and emotional intelligence. Uh, it's not designed for that. But if I did, I'd say, man, that is really weird and overbearing. So for Western cultures where like, you know, people on welfare who don't even work live better than people in those some of those most of those countries to really time to get serious about carbon emissions. They're still strive they don't know anything about toxic masculinity. They don't know anything about any intersectionality. They are striving to get to move ahead. They see movies and stuff how we live and they want that. I'm not saying it's right. They back their garbage trucks up and dump them into rivers and oceans. Obviously, that stuff like that needs to be addressed. But it's a classic, like, who the hell do we think we are? No. You look at Putin just deciding to walk into another country. I mean, thank God it's somewhat foreign to us now. But that is the nature of the world for thousands of years. We have institutions, etc., to put up with that. Why do, why do you think our Constitution, which has been mocked, you know the left never cared about the Constitution, and they made fun of the Constitution until Donald Trump became president. Then they all became constitutional scholars and loved our democracy, which I was always told our democracy was racist and sexist. They loved our Constitution. They loved our democracy. And it was their job on CNN every night with a screen split eight different ways with that Anderson Cooper and David Gergen, or as Rush used to call him, David Rodham Gergen. Oh, that serious look on their face. Chris Cuomo every night. This is very, very serious. Promoting a Russia story that was all fake. None of it was true. But, just like John Kerry, with the people who still live in mud huts, very serious about carbon emissions. John Kerry, I know he's like a no-name now, but anyway, it just killed me because he was a guy, Donald Trump just isn't a serious man. Well, here's the difference between John Kerry. John Kerry takes John Kerry very, very seriously. We know that. He takes a lot of stuff no one cares about very, very seriously. Donald Trump took the American people, the American border, American oil prices very, very seriously. So he might not have met the bar with them, as far as self-seriousness, but as far as what the American public takes seriously, he was there. And that's why he became president and John Kerry never did. So they never really 
were able to make the connection that, and frankly, because of the deep, thick membrane of self-righteousness they live in and arrogance, they probably never will. So that being said, um, I am really, really happy for what the Ukrainians have done so far, and so should you. Uh, again, they didn't lay down like the Afghanis. What a case study. It's just when then, you know, because the Afghanistan thing was what, last October? This started in February. Just to contrast, to juxtapose the two and see that the will to fight is everything in this. Everything. And we need to learn that forever in the future. I mean, there, you, you, Afghanistan shows you know, there's no, no matter how much money you spend, if it's not there, it's not there. And it's so sad because I don't know if you know this, people are literally selling their children. And their kidneys. People are selling kidneys in Afghanistan right now. I heard, just was listening to a long piece about it in the Wall Street Journal uh, app the other day because it's so awful over there. Now, I'm, I'm not blaming Joe Biden. Joe Biden, the way we left was Joe Biden's fault. That was a national disgrace. But you have to have your George Washington. You have to have your Thomas Jefferson. You have to have your Zelensky if you're going to have a democracy. Period. You can hate them, make them slave owners. Yes, they were this, they were sexist, they were awful. I get it. If you don't have them, you don't have a democracy, and life is way worse. You're back to what I started the show with. Over each corner. Is AOC listening? Is Pelosi listening? Am I going to get sued? Am I going to get fired from my job? That's what you end up with. And most of us, myself included, have never lived with that, but we can at least study it and say, wow, we're human, just like them, that can happen here and wake up to it. So the last thing is the Tucker list. Um, like I said, Tucker has disappointed a lot of people on the right because of what appears to be, and, and including in my opinion, it's kind of a lukewarm type attitude towards the Ukrainians winning, which has been disappointing because, okay, let me, let me agree with Tucker on some things. Ukraine was a corrupt country before this started. They were not angels. Eastern Europe overall is a corrupt part of the world. And Zelensky probably isn't some type of angel we're making out to be. But we don't need an angel right now. We need a courage, which is what he's doing. And I get all that. And the big thing Tucker is 100% right about is these left-wing loons going on television shows saying... I think we should just do more. There's more that we can do. Alluding that we can use, should be using um, American or uh, European NATO air power and boots on the ground. You can't do that with Russia, who has 2,000 nuclear warheads. You can't. And so there's that part of it, which Tucker is right about. They don't realize how crazy they sound. And then there's the part, Tucker, it is some right about that a lot, there's a lot of, especially um, mediocre American politicians using this. Like Adam Schiff today met with Zelensky. Have you seen that? Him and Pelosi had the nerve to go over there and meet with him. The only thing good it can come from, maybe being around Zelensky, Schiff will actually get normal male testosterone levels. But uh, rather than being Pelosi, you know, having uh, Pelosi walk around on a leash. But back to what Tucker has been talking about as far as um, how we cannot use boots on the ground and planes because they have nuclear weapons. So you would think the left would register with that and say, wow, um, when they have nuclear weapons, this is really bad as far as despite the almost, I think it's $900 billion a year we spend on defense. We have 13 aircraft carrier groups. We have a, almost a million active personnel. We can't, there's a limit to what we can do and say, well, light bulb should come out and say, wow, that's bad. So when that happens, there's two things I think of. One, North Korea. North Korea. So you have a 
alcoholic porn addict psychopath in charge of a third world dump. And we are very restricted as far as what we can do, despite the resources I just mentioned. Donald Trump, of course, now Donald Trump was supposedly going to got press the button the day he became president and vaporize North Korea, according to the media, right? So what actually happens? Donald Trump is the first American president, maybe even politician, to walk on North Korean soil, right? Shakes hands, talks to Kim Jong-un on the phone, flies over there, like I said, every, there's big meetings, at least something. Something. What killed me about that whole situation was all these politicians, especially one in the 60s, they're ones who are now in their 60s and 70s, who were all hippies back in the day, Peace Man and Woodstock and John Lennon, and it's all about peace. Well, you would think a guy, despite his uh, political party, despite just how awful he is as a human being, um, flies over, at least meets and interacts with a psychopath who has nuclear weapons that terrorize, you know, keeps the rest all of Asia on edge, there would be one ounce, just a little, of uh, positive compliments, whatever you want to call it, towards that. <laughs> None. What a bunch of phonies. So you have the North Korea situation, and then Iran. Okay, you think with the left, all these on The View and on CNN and MSNBC, the ones we, we really should do more. And we can't. We cannot do more. Tucker is right about that. You cannot send American troops in. That they would look at that and say, wow, if that's the case with Russia and we can't do anything with nuclear weapons, maybe Trump was right and uh, Mike Pompeo, ooh, there's another name that makes him pull the pin out of the grenade, as far as um, Iran. Because Obama soft on Iran, remember the train full of cash, which is not right-wing crazy talk, it's true. Kind of you know, normal wishy-washy meetings and John Kerry's going over there and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. Trump becomes president, sanctions, kills the general, no talk, action as usual. And um, go back to Biden, soften back up again. I mean, the Iranian people are not stupid. They're Persians, they're smart people, but they're they're, they're, they're controlled by Islamic fundamentalists, and this is, again, not right-wing boogeyman talk, who believe it's their job to bring about the 12th Iman and the end of the world. This is nuclear weapons with people like that, and then a guy tries to stop it like Trump, and he's a bad guy for it? Are you out of your freaking mind? It was They look stupid enough before Russia and Ukraine with that, that mentality. Now you think something would click as far as Nuclear weapons, crazy people, we lose control. It doesn't matter how much we spend on military. That is a bad situation. So I question what anything ever clicks with these people. I really do at this point. I've been studying for so long. So, again, that's that's the episode, our, our episode for this time. But just to recap, um, Ukrainians, we should all be so grateful. We could be literally living in a different world right now. Six weeks, February 24th, approximately around that is when the war started. Now, today, it's May 1st. If Russia went in there, they'd be in Moldova now. It'd be a big mess. Um, the energy markets, the mineral markets, financially, be a mess. The embolden of just bad guys around the world. Think of bad guys. What What is evil, anyway? I mean, there's different ways you can go. But think about fear, greed, control. Cartels, communists, the CCP. They're, you know, the opposite of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, right? The opposite of that. And you can promote that and not be a perfect person. The guys who wrote that weren't perfect person, but at least the compass was pointed in that direction, right? 
you're, you know, there's kids all over this country just, you know, racked up their uh, $150,000 student loan debts by some professor that looks like Noam Chopsky that can't, can barely tie his own shoes and pointing them in the wrong direction, telling them those guys' compass was in the wrong direction while completely omitting all the stuff that I just talked about. So, again, and it goes back to, you know, you look at Zelensky, obviously, I, you know, having people wanting to kill you is even more impressive than the things I've talked about in the last couple podcasts as far as Musk buying Twitter, which thank God he had the money and the, and the courage to pull the trigger on that. DeSantis standing up to the evil. Let's not, tip, that's not, don't say gay bill with kindergartners through third graders being talked to about gender identity by public school teachers. So these are important moments. Again, I don't, I think we got tough economic times coming. Uh, I think that uh, Russia, Ukraine is far from over, but as the, the quote I used in the previous podcast, whether it's Musk, DeSantis, there needs to be decisive action, even in troubling times. And it's taking place in this country uh, with right-wing people waking up, Board of Education seats, uh, town planning seats, Republican committee seats all over the country. People are waking up and saying, you know, why wait until November for, you know, to sit back and watch cable news and see who wins? There's stuff that we can do right now to turn this ship around. All right, everybody, this is another episode. This is the end of the episode of The Least Woke Man in America. But trust me, there will be more. Thanks for your support.